0: what's going on everybody jay wright frustrated black christian podcast episode number 11 and today i have a special guest with me a very special guest probably the most special guest for me uh that i'll ever have on this podcast and i'm talking about nobody other than my beautiful wife of 11 years miss akisha Sharon Fluka flynn right how you doing
1: I'm great. Thank you for
0: all those last names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's all the last names you got. I got to represent. Um, nah, but um, I appreciate her being with me for this episode. Uh she was the first guest of uh, this podcast and probably the most popular episode um, that I've had thus far. So, um, you know, I'm just honored that she would take out Time and her busy schedule, being a mom, a wife, and um, you know all the things that she does, that she would take out some time for little of me and my podcast. So I, uh, I appreciate you, babe, uh, for for uh, for uh, being with me on today. Uh, today's episode, today's topic is entitled "Parental Control." And the reason or the inspiration behind this episode, um, we were going to talk about something else. Uh, but I just think that this is a good conversation to have. Um, we've been parents. for We have been parents for seven years. Uh, three beautiful girls, Venturi, Harmony, Riley. Um, and, um, you know, that's one of the greatest blessings in the world is to be. Uh, parents to those beautiful, active, and sometimes crazy girls. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> but today's episode is inspired. Yesterday, Akisha came home with Venturi because Venturi spent the night over her Akisha mom's house. Um uh, They affectionately call her Nana. They was at their Nana house. Venturi was at her Nana house, and she came uh home. Keisha went and got her, and they came home. And when Keisha came home, I was uh, cooking dinner, and uh, Keisha was like, we need to talk. And um, she, uh, first I thought she was going to tell me something really, really crazy or whatever, but she showed me this picture that uh, our oldest daughter, Venturi, had, she drew. And um, it was a very, it was not sexual. It wasn't nothing like that, but it was a, violent picture yeah. it was a and it, it was a little scary to see that yeah. and to even see that your child had the thought of mind to draw Especially something possible. like that yeah and, and, I mean seven these kids they are more advanced than we ever were you know yeah Victoria know how to do things that I wasn't even thinking about growing up or whatever like that so these these, these generate the generation gets smarter as time go on they're more tech savvy they know things quicker uh they develop quicker than 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 uh we we did or whatever um but uh she showed me this picture and um I was a little bothered by it and in times, where you would have went off and fussed at the kid, fussed at, fussed at them, where you get this from? And why are you drawing this? And what you watching? And all this kind of stuff like that. that is just going off of them. You know, we had to take our time and slow down how we were going to address this situation. Yeah. And uh, we, we, that's what we really want to talk about today. Uh, we don't claim to be professional parents. I don't believe there's a such thing as professional parents, yeah. but... Uh, the things that we have gathered in these seven years, uh, and the lessons that we've learned being kids, you know, uh, that's what we want to talk about today parental control. How do you balance discipline, instruction, and growth in your child's development? Mm. If that makes sense. So, yesterday, Keisha, when you uh saw that picture, and um, just go through that process of how you felt when you uh, s- saw what you saw.
1: When I saw the picture, the first thing I asked Venturi was to tell me what is going on. Because at first I didn't understand. At first when I saw it, all I saw was you know, the details that was going on in the picture. So I asked her, like, Venturi, what is this? What is going on in this picture? So when she told me, just the fact that she knew she knew what she was drawing and she knew I guess she intentionally knew what she meant to draw was what bothered me. The fact that and I guess for me and what and I'm glad you said what you said about, you know, With as a generation goes, you know, children get more advanced, because I didn't think about that. When, because I'm like, Jesus, Tori is only seven. Like, how, you know, how in the world she knows about this? It was just the details in the pictures. Like, how in the world does she know about this? And Tori is only seven. And that was one of the things that got me at first. The second thing was like, okay, I immediately had to explain to her that this is not something that you that you should be drawing, that you should be, you know, that was the first thing I said, that this is pretty much not what we're going, that, that we go for. We don't stand for violence. We don't stand for any, you know, harm in any way. And that was the first thing that went to my mind is, okay. What is she watching? What does she see? Or what's going on? And, you know, pretty much the same thing you just said, but my main thing was like, okay, what is Venturi watching? Because I immediately had to check myself because I'm like, okay, I thought I was monitoring everything that Venturi mm-hmm. was watching. I thought, in my view, I am monitoring everything that Tori is not only watching, but listening to. And I think the first thing that came in my head um, while we were heading back was, okay, she's being exposed to outside influences other than me and you. And that was the first thing. One of the first things that went through my head when I first saw it and what was going through my head before I came to you is, okay, what what did she see? Or what did she hear that made her feel like she had to express that in her drawings?
0: And, and in no way can we. It's it is impossible to keep an eye on your child twenty four seven. And and in no me no way are we. Uh, this sounds crazy, but there's no there. We are no in no way bashing our daughter, uh, for for what happened because you know we've all did some pretty crazy and dumb things as kids. Yeah. So uh, like I said, it's not so much what she did, but it is our, it's our approach to dealing with what she did so right. that not only she can know that it's wrong, but she has the tools to handle certain situations. If that temptation or if that situation arise again, she has the tools into how she should approach the situation or whatever like that. So the first thing I think as parents, we cannot be afraid to confront what happened. We can't be afraid to talk about what happened or, you know, don't be so quick. You know, we have to be slow to speak and don't be so quick to get angry Mm -hmm. in our discipline because, you know, even as parents, you can be so quick to, fuss and yell and even, you know, uh, corporal punishment or whoopings, uh, you know, be so quick to do all of that to your child and they don't get nothing out of what happened. Uh, they don't get the lesson out of what you're trying to get to them. Uh, I thought about something that my mom told me some years ago, because I have to be honest, you know, there were times when the girls growing up, you know, I you know, I only got a seven year old Harmony's gonna be six, and you know Riley, she just turned two. Uh, so uh, but you know, I would fuss or whatever like that, and then if I had to, you know, pop them, you know, I we've never beat our children like that. But if you had to pop them on the butt or whatever like that, you know, we'll do we we would do that. And you know, my mom, you know, you know, grandparents think that the grandchildren are the most innocent thing ever. Uh, and mom would get mad at me anytime I would fuss at the girls or whatever like that. And, uh, you know, one time we we talked about it and she, I was like, well, you did the same thing to us. And she was like, yeah, but I realized that there are some things that I did in raising y'all. There are some things that me and your daddy did raising y'all that really was it wasn't necessary for y'all to get understanding. And when she said that, it was like a light bulb just went in, went out, went out clicked on in my head yeah. to say, you know, We don't have to always yell. We don't always have to beat. We don't always have to dominate our children. Yes, we have to discipline them, but there's different methods to discipline. There's different ways to talk to them for them to get the lesson or whatever. So yesterday we had to really slow down the approach or calm down their emotions and really be disciplined in our approach to Venturi. So when Keisha talked to her on the way home, Keisha brought it to me and we talked about it and we had to sit, we set Venturi down or whatever. And Venturi kind of already picked up that something was was wrong or whatever. So, you know, I was like, well, Tori, what's, what is this picture? And she was all nervous. So whenever Tori gets nervous about something and you ask her a question, she just going to say nothing. You know, Tori, what are you doing? Nothing, or whatever, like that, because she's she's afraid of the consequences. Tori is very soft, uh, sweet child, man. That's my probably my sweetest child out of all of them. Harmony and Riley, <laughs> they are <laughs> they are their father's children. Then Tory is a spit in the image of Keisha. Uh, But Harmony and Riley, they are me all the way. So you got to be a little more stern with Harmony and Riley because they're going to do what they want to do. They'll take that soft approach and take advantage of it. (laughs) But but Tori, you know, all I got to do is really talk to her. And she, Tori, she, you know, her feelings are really soft. Yeah, Yeah, those eyes get watery or whatever like that. And she's, she's quick to say, I'm sorry. But, you know, you don't want sorry right now. You want understanding. So I had to tell her, I said, you're not in trouble, Tori. And when I said, you're not in trouble, Tori, she took a deep breath like, I could talk to them type thing. And it's amazing to me. And it kind of like got me emotional because like you don't want your child to be afraid to talk to you. And it's just that thought of. I'm going to get in trouble so I'm not going to say anything and I'm, I'm going to keep it closed in. That's how those things progress into something worse. But when you allow your child, let your child know that they have a safe place or a safe area or zone to that they can, you know, talk about whatever the situation might be, mm-hmm. that allows them to speak freely so that understanding can be given on both sides
1: that's that's good. Um and I and, and when you said that that was the first thing I told her before we before we came to you cuz she was a little nervous when I kept telling her pretty much, you know, you know this is not, you know what we do. I told her I was like, "Um you're not in trouble. You know, you just have to um and that's one thing that I I know out of me and you as parents, I know I'm the more emotional one out of the two because I don't know, I guess that's just something that I carry as a mother, but I even, but even in that, that kind of taught me a lesson that I have to learn not to be so quick to get angry or get into my feelings when it's something that my children do because Okay, they're only the only, you know, adolescents, toddlers, children now. But as they grow older, I don't want to create a space where my 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 daughters feel like they can't come and speak to me. I want to I want to start this line of communication now, even if it's something that I don't care to hear as a mother. I I still want to be sure that that line of communication. Of communication is open for them to come and talk to me because if they don't, if they feel that they can't trust me, then they're gonna go to somebody else.
0: Somebody else can take that and take advantage of it, right? You know that manipulation thing is really strong. uh, Sadly, in the world today, where you know when parents don't have get gain understanding with their children, you know they're gonna go somewhere else. And they're gonna find the outlet and they're gonna find, you know, someone that they feel understands them, even if that person don't have the best motives, whether it's in the music or what they watch or whatever like that. And like I said, that's how things progress down the wrong path. That's how things become this big snowball effect because we're not checking our children. At an earlier age, and then allowing them to communicate and talk, and to uh, express how they feel, you express how you feel, and then get an understanding on both sides. Yeah. Uh. So, um, I I will say you are more emotional with with when it comes down to the girls, uh, especially with Venturi because Venturi is. Like I said before, Venturi is your twin. Yeah. Venturi is just like you. And I think that you have, and I've told you this before, I think you have this, you know, I don't want Venturi to, I don't want Venturi to make the mistakes that I've made, or I don't want Venturi to go down the path that I went down. When a lot of times when we're forceful with our kids, the thing that we despise or fear the most, they end up doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you pushing them not to be you when or in in hindsight you are pushing them to be you. Yeah. So it's like you have to give them the lessons along the way, not so much the uh the I don't know what the right word to say, the 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 con- don't control them along the way, give them the lessons along the way of how you learn and how with the mistakes you made and what you learned from your mistakes, because one thing I've seen in parents, my parents, and I, I'm not gonna say Keisha, because I don't know, I don't know, but I mean Keisha told me story, but I'm just saying I know from my parents a lot of times we had that approach, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can't you can't have that approach with with kids nowadays. You not only do you need the Tell them or tell them what to do, but you need to show them what to do, and then take it to another another level. You got to explain to them why it's important to do what you are instructing them to do.
1: Yeah, that's that's very important. Um, that's one thing that I I like. I said I have to learn with Like I said, with mainly with Venturi, because Venturi is the oldest. And I, I have to realize that Keisha, that Venturi is you all. And I have to remind myself that all the time that Venturi is me. And so that helps me learn to be a little bit more patient with her. And sometimes I felt bad after the fact when I had to come to the realization that, okay, Venturi is just like me Mm. and I don't want, and I know the things that built up in me based on, you know, just growing pains of being the oldest of five and, you know, certain things that, um, that I went through growing up, um, that I, like I said, I had to learn. And I think once I became a parent, I started seeing a lot of things that my mother would, that my mother would tell me. And so with, like I said, with that, that that was pretty much my lesson that I had to learn, that I had to learn how to be more patient when it comes to her, because for one, I don't want her to resent me or feel like she can't trust me as her mother.
0: And don't get me wrong. we, we, We both come from two strong families. You know, Keisha with her mom and her dad. Um, both her dads, you know, Richard and you know, shout out to, you know, Deacon Edwards for being that dad, that father in her life, uh, as well, that great father, you know, Keisha's crazy about her dad, uh, Deacon Edwards and, and her mom, Miss um, Angela, uh I call call him Deacon Edwards. I'll call him Dee. I'll call him that since I met him. And, you know, Keisha's mom. Um uh, Miss Angela, mom, mom mom-in-law, mommy-in-law, whatever. (laughs) I'm just joking, but uh, and my parents, we come, you know, my mom, Linda and Johnny, we both of us come from two strong families, and we wouldn't be who we we are today if if it wasn't for our parents and you know, uh, them how they raised us. Uh, so we just take the lessons in how they did it and we put our own spin in it and out the raising of our daughters. Uh, but like I said, when I sat down with Venturi and she kind of figured that something was wrong. And when I, we both sat down with it. So she was nervous. And when I said, you're not in trouble, it was like she just this sigh of relief and this her face went from tense to being comfortable and then that way she was able to explain the picture. And I was like, well, where did you get this stuff from? Like, what is it that you, are you know, what, what is it that you're watching to where, you know, where you think that this picture is okay because this picture is not okay to hurt. Someone is never okay. And if there's somebody that's hurting you you need to let mommy and daddy know and it's okay to come and talk to us about anything. We don't care what it is. We don't care what the situation might be. Whether we agree with your life's, life choices or not, we're going to be there and we're going to help you through it. And we're going to walk you through it because we are your parents and we love you and we're committed to to you or whatever like that, so just to give her that reassurance that yeah, even though we don't like what you did, we still love you. The love will never change. Right. The uh, our uh, approach with you would never change. You can come talk to us so that we can figure this out. Because I don't feel that there's enough conversation going on in the household. I think what's going on is a lot of two, uh, either both ends of the extreme. Either there's yelling, abuse, uh, and extreme discipline going on, or there's none going on at all. You mm-hmm. just let your child grow up and do whatever they wanna do. Mm-hmm. And there's very few that's in between, and we're wondering why our society is the way that it is now because we're not uh, taking the time to conversate with the family. And even in Tori learns how to handle situations even in the way that Akeisha and I treat each other. You know, uh, Venturia and Harmony, they don't see us yelling and arguing or, or fussing and fighting with each other whatever right. like that. Do they? I'm just joking. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Somebody said the other day that if, if you jump at your wife and she flinched, that, that's a sign of being abused. So, I tried to jump at Keisha this weekend and she just looked at me like I'm crazy. So um thank God for that uh progress report that
1: uh,
0: I'm not I'm not an abusive husband. No,
1: you are not. Uh
0: but you know, like I said, even in the way that they they see us how we handle one another, it plays a role in how they handle things. That's true. And even with Tori going to camp, uh she's been going to camp for the past few weeks, she got a couple of weeks left or whatever, it's just like we had to change. Uh, make sure that she knows how to handle outside influences yeah. she knows how to handle the outside things of life so it's is through this lesson we learned on yesterday we had to learn to set how to set tighter parameters in yeah. what 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 she's doing and how how she's doing things so it's like you know, monitoring even more what she watched. Uh, she, you brought up yesterday the YouTube kids. You know, you got to even monitor that because there's some things that are being planted in that app that's mm-hmm. not for younger eyes, uh, for eyes, period. I remember there was a couple of years ago, there was this big thing going on, this, I forgot what it's called, Moo, something like that, whatever mm-hmm. like that, that was really... Um, Child, they, it was really disturbing about what it was being shown. And it was on YouTube Kids. And we we, you know, we took them off of YouTube Kids for a while. Went, <clears throat> and once they said that, you know, it was, you know, that they had they worked out the kinks where it was more tighter uh, viewership or whatever like that, we kind of like let her get back in. But even now, I guess it's time to go back to YouTube Kids and, and watch what she uh, check what she watches yeah. and and even the the show the TV shows that she watches on TV you know uh, you said something like there was a show that was being watched that you you know that when she saw it her eyes just yeah. kind of lit up or whatever like that and it's not yeah. a knock against what nobody else is watching but it was kind of like you have to know you have to know your child yeah, it
1: was the details that was going on in the show that was being watched and i kept and once i realized what was going on i kept telling her you know don't look at that to go into the other room and it was like it just caught her attention and i noticed not even with just um with the show i even noticed that when it comes to certain video games um we all are if you grew up in What, maybe the early 90s, even to now, Mortal Kombat is one of the biggest, most popular games. And I think the most recent one that came out with is very gore. I'm a fan of it because I like Mortal Kombat, but I'm like, I noticed that it caught Tori's attention.
0: Y'all didn't know Keisha was the more violent one in this relationship, did y'all?
1: Violent. Yeah. I just like, I've always been a fan of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but I but what caught my attention and really to the point that I had stopped playing the game to where I don't I don't play the game anymore like I used to because I noticed that it caught towards attention. Um mm-hmm. uh, my brother-in-law shout out to shout out to Paris who is um very more advanced in the game than I am and he knows how to do the fatalities in that game. And I just like I said, she was. I would see her sit by him and watch the moves he made with the fatalities. Like I said, the most recent Mortal Kombat is is very gore, and I and I think I started. I was like, okay, she can't look at this, cause and then the in the show that she was in the show that was being played the other day was kind of in that same category. And like I said, her eyes was just. Well, I'm like, no, no. You no, you cannot watch this. So, I don't know what it. Is. I don't know if it's because it's it. It was outside of what she normally watch. We normally keep her in, in You know the Disney, the the kitty stuff, the educational stuff. That's pretty much the degree that we try to keep all of our girls.
0: Probably our the house. most action thing she we we allow her to watch when she's home is the uh, Teen Titans. Yeah, that's her. That's one of her favorite shows and uh, I'll sit and watch it with her. Uh, So that's probably like the most action packed, you know, but there's no, no blood or anything like that, yeah. that that she sees or whatever like that. So it's just, it was just startling to see that kind of picture. And then even, like I said, it's no judgmental thing because-
1: Not
0: at all. We have to understand, and this is just the Lodge One's philosophy or the Lodge One's theory we are not our, you are not your thoughts. Some of the thoughts that the enemy would try to place in your head are just off-kilter. We all have some off thinking moments, some off thoughts that just come in our head and 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 we have to be mature enough to uh, learn how to filter out those thoughts and realize that this is not me with these thoughts that are coming in my head. You know, I use this saying all the time from the late uh, Bishop G. Patterson. He would say his mom told him, you know, you can't control uh, birds flying above your head, but you can't control them planting a nest on top of your head. And that's the same thing as saying you can't control the thoughts that are in your head, but you can't control what thoughts take uh, take place or take a home in your heart. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when you think those thoughts, that's when you become it. So we have to give our children the tools for them to understand that these thoughts are not good and these thoughts are not me and these thoughts are not of God and any thoughts that that is contrary to who I am and what I believe is, is it needs to be filtered out. So it's just simply giving your child those tools into how to, you know, be disciplined enough to fight those thoughts. And like I said, because we don't have uh, we're not having these these conversations, our children are diving into certain things that would take them down the wrong path of life. And then we're sitting as parents crying and wondering, what did we do so wrong? What did we do wrong to where our child is in the place that they are in? They're in that place because we were not disciplined enough to to, are humble enough to talk to them. Fussing ain't going to always get it. Yelling ain't going to always get it. Beating ain't going to always get it.
1: Contrary to popular belief.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, that's not always the key. Now, I ain't saying let your child do what they want to do and get away with it. Sometimes, because right. like I said, if, we, if it gets to that point where Akeisha and I, more so Akeisha than me, feel like we got to pop them legs or pop that behind one time, a couple of times for them to get the lesson, that's what we would do or whatever like that. Yeah, I go in the room and cry. Uh, afterwards, because <laughs> I've done it plenty of times before, because I don't want to hurt my babies, my girls or whatever. But because I love them and I love their future. I love their future more than what I'm allowing them to do at that present moment, because I love them and their future more. I'm willing to do whatever it takes for, for us to build this mm-hmm. environment for them to productively grow and be productive citizens in the world today.
1: And I think there's something that a lot of parents, and this is not, this is just in general, that a lot of parents don't think about is the future. And I don't think that's something we thought about growing up ourselves is that, okay, and we're, we're, we're so caught up in the now, you know, YOLO, you know, you only live once type of thing, and you're not really realizing You know, the decisions that you make now is going to affect, you know, where you are years from now. You know, I'm not speaking anything over my daughter negatively. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like you have to set the tone even now because as Venturi, all of uh, all three of our daughters, as as they get older, you know, like I said, you have their their influences and, you know, things that they've been exposed to, is kind of like a seed. Um, the, it, It's going to get cultivated either way, whether from good cultivation or bad cultivation, if that makes sense. And, and it's going to grow. I remember you said that what you reap, um, you're not only going to sow just a little flower, it's going to grow into a tree. So it's like we are... So we know that the girls are blossoming and growing up. So it's like, okay, while they're blossoming and, and going, you know, growing up, you know, we are teaching them now. You know what I'm saying? What they need to do and what they don't need to do. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, another way of saying what you what you said, uh, what a thought that came in when you said that, Um Apostle Brian Meadows, he he made a statement one time. I was listening to him and he said as leaders, as parents, uh, basically saying what you drink an ounce of, those that are under you will drink a gallon of, Mm. meaning the little thing that you do, it's a good chance your kids or who else following you going to do that same thing in abundance. Yeah. So it's like even in, you know, we've been saying watch, monitor what she watches, monitor what she listens to, monitor, you know, the activities in school and all that kind of stuff. I also have to monitor what I'm doing. I gotta check what I'm listening to. I gotta monitor uh what I watch on TV. Uh I rarely watch TV uh anymore unless it's movies with them but even in that the little things that I watch you know I watch wrestling or whatever like that maybe I need to monitor wrestling I I'm I don't think she pays attention to it but she might does pay attention you to never it know you days. never know or whatever I have to monitor what I listen to no I'm not always listening to worship music uh, quote unquote gospel music all the time. Sometimes right. I listen to what you know, whatever I feel like listening to at the time. I don't think it's violent. I don't think uh, well, I don't listen to violent music. Period. Right. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't always listen to Christian music. Always whatever like that. So maybe I need to monitor even that because that ounce turns into a gallon, mm. and then in that gallon there are it, it can get more explicit. explicit it can get more violent. it can get more off kilter of what you listen to. you what you listen to might be innocent, but that child diving into what you listen to and then what happens is it's like with Apple music, they'll take what you listen to and then they'll start the algorithm start placing other things alongside And then the next thing you know, uh, it started getting so far out. he like, I ain't never, I never listened to nothing like this. It's foolishness. You know you're disciplined enough to take cut it off, but your child isn't. They're going to take it in because they might like it. It might got a, a different kind of bop to it or whatever like that. So it's like even in checking your own self and monitoring what you're listening to, what you're watching, how you're conducting yourselves, because it's a good chance the apple don't fall far from the tree.
1: Right.
0: So... We just like I said, it is so much developed from that 15 minute conversation with Venturi. And like I said, the understanding that she received because she came back, we didn't tell her to apologize, we didn't tell her to, you know, uh, to, you know, she was wrong or whatever like that. We even told her at the beginning of the conversation you're not in trouble. We're just talking to you or whatever. And for Venturi to be mature enough to come back and to say, Daddy, I'm sorry about, you know, she's sorry about what she did or she knew the pic- the picture was bad and mm-hmm. she's, she's sorry for it. Man, that, you know, I get emotional about my kids in a minute. <laughs> we both do. Oh, man. But just, just
1: the we don't play
0: when it comes to that nah out. man not at all um uh, just her coming and saying daddy i'm sorry and she was she said about the picture and stuff like that and it was so much what she said but just her facial how
1: she said
0: it how she, she said, said it her, her approachful approach and not even her remorse but her understanding Like, I I got the lesson. I understand what you're saying, Dana. I receive what you're saying. And it's like, God, help me to always remember to keep this same approach to make sure that you are uh, in a place where your children can come talk to you about anything, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether you might agree with it, you disagree with it, a lifestyle choice, whatever it is, or whatever like that. And Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, but God told Jeremiah, he said, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. And we we draw people with love. You're not you're going to you'll make more friends with honey than you will ammonia. Mm-hmm. And trying to be so strong and forceful and trying to change people and and tell them that you're that you're right, they're wrong, and if they don't do what you say, they're going to hell and all the kind. Of, that's not the approach that we need to take nowadays. We need to take the approach of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus loved on everybody, mm-hmm. and he left them with something to think, and he provoked them to change.
1: Right. You just said it. Um. He gave principles. He didn't just tell you. I think that's one of my pet peeves when it comes to parents. I'm not like I said. This is a general sort of uh comment. When you're just telling your children, um, you need to do this. You need to do that. Okay. How do I do that? You can't this day and time, and um, you just said it. Where children will it's not how it was when we were growing up you know, well, for me, I know I was more, you know, my, my mom and daddy said this. Okay. It wasn't too much how, how you came up where you were raised to be able to express how you felt. And it was open communication with both you and your parents. It wasn't really like that with me and my parents. And I'm not saying that my parents were like, you know, dog on. I can't. Or, or look, daddy's talking back. It, 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 How can I say? It? I didn't. That wasn't how I came up. But um, I learned that you can't be so quick on just saying you need to do this, you need to do that, and you shouldn't be do. But it's okay. They're children, so they don't really know how. As children, it's our job as parents. <coughs> excuse me. It's our job as parents. <clears throat> to instruct them and give them principles on how to do what it is you're telling them not to do. And like we just said earlier, explaining to them, gaining understanding. I feel like I don't know if it's a sign of weakness with parents or just how they were grow, you know, they were raised. If they feel like they do certain things, you know, when we were growing up and our parents told us to do something, they say why? Because I said so. Certain situations, yeah, you will use that. But there are certain times that children may not understand. And sometimes you, you have to sit down as a parent. And I know it's more of a patient thing with some parents as well but sometimes you know we have to pray and ask God to give us that patience to sit down and explain certain things to our children and it's not them being being a smart aleck it's like okay they're really trying to understand and sometimes there's nothing wrong with just getting an understanding between you and your children
0: and and, and that that's basically the whole the best way to sum it all up is just getting an understanding uh, even the Bible tells us that in all you're getting, get an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's both ways, you know, with the child and with the parent. And, you know, it's it's different strokes for different folks. And it's like, like I said, you have to have, you have to be disciplined in, in you have to have different approaches for all your children. Because yeah. Venturi, she is, like I said, sweet, don't mean no harm, understanding. Very apologetic, Um, very remorseful. Don't like to see her parents upset with her. You know, she does something wrong. She ain't a perfect child, but she does something wrong and you fuss at her or whatever like that and you get on her about it. Tori gonna straighten it up and she gonna make sure you see that she she's sorry for what she did. <sighs> Harmony. <laughs> oh, man. Keisha is Ventura's twin, and Harmony is my twin. Very defiant, very not disrespectful, but she, Harmony, gets her point across, or whatever like that. She she lets be know how she feels about certain things, or whatever like that. And you know, uh, I can respect it to a certain degree, but then you got to be a little more stern with with her discipline as well to let her know that she can't say whatever she want to say. Or she can't let it, everything fall out her mouth that come to come out of her head or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but with that, I told Keisha, I said, if we, uh, cultivate their personalities the right way, you know, even in Harmony's, uh, strong willed manner, That's going to pay off for her after a while. I mean, when she gets older, when she she's defiant and she's going to follow through with her dreams, follow out, follow through with what she wants to do in life. That's going to pay big dividends uh, for her at the end or whatever. And it's just all about just cultivating it, training it, uh, allowing it to grow and pruning what you need to prune uh, when the time comes for for it to be. Uh, doing it, and, and we got to be the same way with Riley because Riley is leaning into more that Harmony lane than that Tory lane. I was praying for another Tory, Dear but Lord. God, guys, I'm reaping what I sow. So, yeah, <laughs> I was the seed, and Harmony and Riley seems to be the tree. Um, but you know, we couldn't ask for better daughters. I love my daughters. I, I couldn't. At, Go ahead, babe. I'm
1: sorry. I look at you and my daughters. As my walking and living answered prayers, you, you for are my inspiration every day. So I am very grateful for you and what our love created in those three.
0: I, I feel the exact same way. Um, I couldn't ask for a better ch- for better children. And a better partner in creating those children, and I must say that I enjoy creating children with you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we just joking. Uh, but we get ready to get out of here. This podcast has been a, a good conversation, um, and I'm just excited about what God is God is doing in our lives and what he's positioning up uh, positioning us for and uh, man y'all are my four reasons for living uh y'all are my four four y'all for my first ministry and um i just hope and pray that i'm a uh, example and the leader that y'all need me to be i always pray and uh, i submit to god been submit to god even more lately but i always ask god to help me to be a servant that he's calling for me to be, help me to be the husband that Akeisha needs me to be and the father that my girls need for me to be. That's my one of the first things that comes out of my mouth because I wanna make sure that I'm the best because that's what they deserve, they deserve the best. And uh, I just love them so much and I love you, Keisha. And um, thank you for joining us. And I hope that we something was said that, that you could take out of it, even if it was the five seconds or something, of this conversation where you could take out of uh, that you could take something out of this conversation uh, as always you know frustrated black Christian podcasts will always have something to talk about because it's not like I said for a certain group or it's not for a uh, particular uh demograph of people but it's frustrated black Christian is me I'm the frustrated black Christian there's just some things that you know, as a Christian, as a black man, I get frustrated about that it's OK to talk about and to conversate about. And that's what this platform is all about. Conversation. So um, thank you again for this conversation, babe. I appreciate you. And um, thank you all for listening for to this episode of Frustrated Black Christian Podcast. Uh, we'll see you all all next week for another episode. And until then, peace. Hello.